0: Do you have a blind spot about the future that might kill your business overnight, one or two years down the road before you could see it? That's what we're talking about today, right here, right now, it's On Air Brands. (laughs) what's up everybody welcome to the on-air brand show i am tajan atasio along with my guest co-host eric cabral what's What's going on
1: on. wow always happy to be back and
0: make a guest appearance on your show my friend thank you for having me thank you thank you you know really it's it's your show i'm just i'm just here happy to be the the driver most days but um you know amber Amber got pulled uh, pulled off onto something and Eric hopped in the seat right away. Thank you so much. Yeah. Always grateful to have you here and excited to, to talk about all things business content related and, and the future and how technology plays into all that stuff and everything like that. And I want to tell a quick story before we dive in here that kind of sets the context. I remember about 10 years ago, so I started my agency 10 years ago and about maybe nine years ago, I was sitting down with a local photographer who did like wedding photography, I think mainly, but whatever it was, engagement shoots, et cetera. And he was asking me questions about like, you know, how to get on the internet in, you know, 2011, which still, I mean, seems like so late, but now in hindsight was kind of early. And he said, you know, he had a great thriving business because he had a half page ad in the not magazine every year. And that kept him very busy thriving, et cetera, until one day it didn't. And he said, literally just call, getting calls every day, all the time. And one day the phone stopped ringing and it was over because nobody was looking at those half page ads in the magazines anymore and calling people. They were all using Google and social media, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're kind of at another pivoting point here. Um, with the announcement of Facebook switching their parent company name to Meta, which I, I don't think is a huge deal, to be honest, um, other than just talking directionally about the vision for their corporation. Um, I don't think it means too much of a change for the individual apps, right? Like Facebook's not going to change dramatically. Instagram's not going to change dramatically. This is the, the holding company is right. called is now called Meta, right?
1: Yeah. Like like Alphabet. To Google. Right, exactly. Google
0: did it a few years ago and most people not in the marketing industry probably don't even know that, you know, like it's a very, very similar. Um, but what I love about what Zuckerberg is doing here, and I'm purely speculating, obviously, but is that similarly to the photographer whose phone stopped ringing and he didn't set himself up for future success. He didn't have a website. He didn't have any Google rankings. He didn't have a social media presence. He was screwed overnight. It stopped. And then he had to play catch up to try and get back in the game. And to be honest, I I don't talk to him frequently, but um, from what I can tell from the outside, I don't don't think he ever really recovered um, from that. Now think about what Zuckerberg did here. He probably uh, 10 years ago when the iPhone came out, whenever that was, a couple years in, you know, he realized as a software company, in order to access any software, you need hardware, right? You need computers, you need a phone, you know, whatever, you need devices. So those companies, the hardware companies are really the gatekeeper, no matter how ubiquitous Amazon or Facebook become or any other company, if someone doesn't have a device, if the device doesn't allow them to access the stuff that's online, those those software companies are out of luck, right? Absolutely. And Zuckerberg looks at this, again, I'm purely speculating and giving him props that he maybe doesn't deserve, but (laughs) does he look at this and say, man, the iPhone is the hardware everyone's going to be using. We need to come out with the Facebook phone. And I think I remember hearing rumors about Mm -hmm. that at some point, but it never really happened. Amazon did come out with a phone and it flopped, right? Like they couldn't do it. But instead of saying, and maybe he tested and it failed so they did, but they didn't bring it to market but instead of saying like all right facebook we got to go all in and create phones because everyone's creating phones today and let's play catch up uh, yeah my, and rob's chiming in microsoft too tried launching a phone and it flopped mm-hmm. let's try let's try catching up with what's happening today in the phone market he looks down the road 10 20 30 years and says what's going to be the hardware after the phones and that is virtual reality Right now, obviously, it's a huge bet and a long gamble at the time, because who knows how, how that tech will develop. But he bought, I'm, I'm pretty sure they bought Oculus as a company at the time. I don't think they developed it from scratch, but they, right. they get into the VR hardware game early. And today, like nobody's using VR. Everybody talks, it's like, sounds like a cool thing, but like nobody's walking around with VR headsets on their head. Yeah. But, Yeah, exactly. So he is so far ahead of the game where they're now developing all that. They're going to be set up so that when the flip switches for people and they're like, man, yo, all right, now these headsets are super dope. I want to get one. I want to be watching the, you know, I want to be sitting courtside at the Knicks game. Bing bong, you put on (laughs) your headset and there you are. Uh, Or, you know, any vast other things. You're hanging out with your friends in this virtual reality setting, right? He gets ahead. He doesn't try to compete in the present. He's ahead of the game, mm-hmm. already sets himself up for success down the road. And now what we see, how they're changing the parent company name to meta. I think that's like I said, I think that shows directionally where the vision at a corporate level is going to go. But they're ahead, you know, with the foresight to be playing the future game, the long game, and not trying to just catch up with what's happening in the moment when they're not, you know, they're not really set up for success that way.
1: Yeah. Skate to where the puck is going not exactly it's been so that's that's mm-hmm. always been anybody who innovates anybody um especially somebody who has a lot of experience mm-hmm. like Zuckerberg mm-hmm. at this point um we can use that as sort of a waypoint we can use it as 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 a place so that we can figure out what we're doing as business owners yep. and marketers mm-hmm. and if that is where these individuals are going are, are going like Elon Musk, you know that mm-hmm. now he's dictating where the auto industry it should be moving. He's been doing it for for a decade or more. I mean, yep. and the people are just catching on now you right. know, uh, you know, Hertz just made the biggest purchase of <laughs> automotives in the history of purchasing. Um, like I think it was like billions. I've got exactly the number, but, um, that just goes to show any industry. If you're paying attention, you should be ahead of those decisions that are being right. made by the big dogs. Right. Uh, but yeah, Todd, what were you saying earlier before the mics turned on about, um, sort of yeah, the trends?
0: So, right, exactly. Know? And so, you're, you know, you talk about skating to where the puck is going and, and being ahead and like not getting caught up in like, These echo chambers of like, I don't know if this is the right word, but I'll say like new age marketers, right? But like these people who, and I'll say they're probably younger, like they're the people running agencies and they're in their mid to late 20s. So the only game they know is Facebook ads, right? So like they came out, Facebook ads were super cheap, especially compared to all other channels. And it was like, man, I'm going to learn Facebook ads and Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads. Well, over the last like six to 12 months, Facebook ads have a rising cost. Apple as a hardware bit right back to what we were just talking about Apple has increased their privacy and data data blocking stuff so that's causing Facebook to have some issues with how you know with their pricing and optimization and all that and I'm starting to see these people who who were this one track Facebook marketing all of a sudden start preaching like legit and I'm I'm not going to name names because I do respect a lot of these people and I think they they come from a good place and they do have good ideas the thing that bothers me is that they're calling them new ideas and these, these Facebook marketers who are now coming out and saying like the net quote unquote, next big thing, the new thing you have to do is you have to be a content creator (laughs) and you have to put out valuable content and all this kind of stuff, the stuff that you and I Eric have been preaching for years. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like that's what on air brands is here to help you guys (laughs) create great content to add value to the world and help you build your business But but these people with, you know, on their soapboxes are creating this um, this context for for business owners and entrepreneurs who aren't in the know on a regular basis where they're like, oh, this is something new. Let me follow these people. Mm. And then they follow someone who doesn't have the 10 years of experience like you or I do. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure it out on the spot. And it's like, no, you, you know, we've been looking at this and playing this game for years and you know, it, it, when I hear them, I see like, Oh, the next new thing, the the podcast episode, the next new thing you need to know, if you're not doing this next year, you know, your business is going to collapse. And then I hear it. And it's like, you have to be creating content regularly. I'm like, that's your new thing. Yeah. Like, come on guys. I mean, so, so to defend them and and
1: I'm with you, Todd, uh, what we're witnessing is a pivot, right? Mm -hmm. As business owners, whether you're a solopreneur running Facebook ads for your clients, um, I see that this looks like a pivot. You're trying to figure out how to continue making money because uh, as you mentioned earlier, the light switch is being turned off or at least dimmed for the moment and potentially will go dark. Um, That's why as business owners, you have to have. You have to be diverse. You have to Dude, have. I just wrote. I income. just
0: wrote that down as my thing to say. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. So you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And um, you know, if if Facebook shuts the light off or Apple shuts the the light off, you still have streams of revenue. Um, so this is a lesson learned for anybody out there who's panicking, right? Yeah. They're they're panicking because they're like, oh, we need to. The thing is, so, so I'm going to speak to the other side of hmm. the clients that have hired people who are Facebook marketers. Mm-hmm. And they're now saying, Hey Jim, you need to be a content creator. Guess what? I can help you. No. Right. Hey Jim, look around because there are people <laughs> who are creating content and have been doing it for years yeah. and know how to do it. They do it for themselves and they do it for others and not necessarily look for, because personally, you you know, I am not a Facebook marketer and I don't right. claim to be right. That That's, that's, you know, we lean on experts like Todd mm-hmm. to do those things. So for a Facebook marketer to say, hey, I am a creator of content and I could do that for you because I'm an expert. Still, you might want to start looking around and you know, kicking some tires and stuff. Right,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And look, like I said, their message, the, the spirit of the message is, is a good one. And it's just one that we've been preaching for so long. It's like, yes, yeah. you do I'm need new. to be creating content. It's yeah. not the new whiz bang growth hack though. <laughs> it's This is the tried and true principles of forever. It's yeah. show up and add value for the audience you want to build you know, whether that's yeah. like literally on the soapbox in the town square, you know, or uh, or, or modern day creating your podcast. Right. And like that's it, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's it's changing the world one mic at a time. And, you, you know, go. of course, shameless plug for On Air Brands. If you guys <laughs> are ready to start, you know, getting on the mic and creating your content through podcasts, hit up Eric at OnAirBrands.com because that's that's his, you know, expertise. That's that's what we do at On Air Brands. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not new. It's something that's been around you don't need to to go with somebody who's you know acting chicken little the sky's falling because of these things. Um, they might feel that way or they or maybe they're positioning it that way as a you know scarcity tactic but um, you know this is this is not anything new
1: yeah yeah so so for those let, let let's maybe talk to both audiences right there's mm-hmm. there's the there's the Facebook marketers who are like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do now? Uh, I, I gotta I gotta I gotta make money somehow. And right. then, and then, if we could speak to the entrepreneur, that's like mm-hmm. that was a mainstream of revenue for them to yeah. get leads, to source cold leads. Sure. So, Ty, what would you say to the Facebook marketers out there um, that are touting this as a new thing? Like, what are some options they should start, you know, researching and looking into, other than <laughs> turn, saying they turned over a rock? Well, the good news, the good it. news is
0: there's plenty of resources available because it's not brand new, right? Like, I mean, yeah. HubSpot. Coined the term inbound marketing. I don't know, ten years ago. I think maybe longer than that, right? So you know that they've been preaching this for a long time. Content Marketing Institute is a great place, uh, a great website with a bunch of great resources. You know, looking into content marketing is you know, do a Google search and you'll find a ton of great stuff there. Um, There's a lot of great resources on how to plan out content and 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 what you really want to focus on is one, you know, diversifying, and two, not building on rented land. Those are the two main things, right? Is that. that You know, and, and, you know, as someone who's very savvy in the real estate investment world with your wearing your capital hacking shirt today appropriately, (laughs) right? Like that's, you know, it's very similar. It's if you are building your business on rented land like Facebook, you don't own Facebook, you don't own the access to your audience, you, you know, you don't own that at all, you know, you're putting yourself at risk where the landlord one day, and this did happen, I forget what year, but, you know, where you used to be able to post on your Facebook page and your fans would see it. Makes logical sense that that, that would happen, yeah. but then Facebook said, "No, no, no! You're a business. No more organic reach. So if you have fans that like your Facebook page and you post on your Facebook page, they're not going to see it. We're not going to mm-hmm. show that content in the news feed. It's a very like one percent of of things, uh, of, of your fans will see it, right?" So organic Facebook got, the rug got pulled out. And if you, you know, and then you had to pay, I still think it's, you know, even still today is the rising cost. If you have a proper business strategy, it's still very affordable, The probably one of the most affordable ways to market your business in the world. But you know, it's, it's not building on rented land. So the landlord can't change the rules up on you one day and you get screwed, right? So making sure that you own your assets, which is just the importance of mm-hmm. having a solid website, publishing content on your website, building your email list, and then using social media, using rented land to reach your audience and and pull them back in. So you have a whole ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and diversifying, right? So like you know, having a place like a Facebook plus a YouTube, having your podcast plus Instagram, right? It's it's having multiple uh, multiple places of reaching your audience, so that again, one, you're you're driving them all back to an email list and website, so that you can own the audience regardless. Um, and also having just at least two places, or, one, or just one and a half, like go all in on Instagram, but also be having your, you know, having a YouTube channel that gets content, even if that's not where you're putting 100 percent of your resources. But you know, th- that's where I think you need no rented land and um, and diversifying, just like real estate.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I back all that up, uh, but I want to add that uh, you know, content creation has always been sort of the solution. For any business owner, anybody who wants to put something out there uh, that adds value to people's life or their business. Mm -hmm. So once you create the content, and let's call it a podcast, but it's not necessarily a podcast because what you're doing is that is the main source. When you turn the video on, you turn the camera, the 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 mics on, you are creating content that can help people. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is yes, podcast is one vehicle, but I always recommend that, like you said. chop it up you make videos you make videos and you push it out on all platforms not just youtube but instagram on you know TikTok if that's your thing and all these other platforms so that if the lights turn off they're not going to turn off on everything at the same time at least (laughs) and and what you're going to do is you're still going to have your message being poured out there right so if say you know um Instagram goes down, which would be Facebook too. You're still on YouTube. You're still on Spotify right. and iTunes, and all which did happen things. a
0: couple of weeks ago. Instagram yeah. and Facebook were down for true. a day. Very
1: true. And here's the thing: if you're doing video and audio content, I highly recommend you also put it in written form. So yeah. now, like as Todd said, on your website, mm-hmm. you should have a blog that's transcribing every single episode mm-hmm. and creating more SEO optimized mm-hmm. content on the web page. Based yep. off of your podcast episodes, and that's a continuous, you know, flow and a machine that you can get going if you're doing it right. So then there's also don't forget LinkedIn is coming up. Like that is like that is what yep. Facebook was 12 years ago to me, and everyone is there now. If you're one of those that is abusing the DM, shame on you, uh, because you are very intimate with my <laughs> my DMs, and like they're having relationships <laughs> with my DM, and I look in there to, like having a conversation with themselves. Like, slow down. That is, you know, that is, everybody's onto that. But anyway, LinkedIn, if you can create organic content, go live on LinkedIn, start leveraging other platforms so that if Facebook or another platform goes down, like we were saying, you're diverse and you're repurposing all the content created based off a podcast or whatever you want to call it.
0: Um. Yeah, totally. And, you know, this is another brilliant idea, right? Is what about if... You made your content so good that if Instagram went down, people are like, oh man, I still want to see stuff from Eric. Let me go and look him up on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, whatever else is still up at the time, right? Or like go back to the website because you're creating a relationship with your audience by adding so much value that like when they can't reach you in one place, it's not that they're just scrolling through Instagram because they got seven minutes to kill, but that they're like, oh man, I miss the tips from Eric today let me go and look up where else I might be able to see what he talked about today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, this is something, um, you know, uh, I was reminded of this, uh, idea that I used to teach in some email marketing workshops I was doing is that the everyone, when you talk about like, how do you improve your email marketing numbers, like your open rates and clicks and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh, you Google that. And here's what you're going to find best times to send emails best subject lines to get opens, right? Like all that kind of stuff. But the real best answer is the from name of the email is someone that has a relationship with the person who's receiving it. Mm. Because if I said to you, "What's what was the subject line of the last email your wife forwarded you? Or what time did your best friend send the last email you read? guess what? I couldn't tell you. And it doesn't matter because I saw that I got an email from my wife. So I opened it. I saw Mm. that Sean sent me sent me an email. I opened it, right? Like it had the, the name trumped everything else about it because of the relationship I had with the person. So when you can build a strong enough relationship with your audience, then, you know, one channel going down doesn't matter as long as you're up and and available somewhere else, right? Like that's, that's really the key.
1: So the thing is, uh, Todd, I want to bring up to people out there, um, yeah, that's great advice, but then there are people who are abusing it on other platforms. So for example, I get messaged either through Instagram or LinkedIn, and it's someone that I know personally, like I literally just hung out with you and I'm yeah. getting automated messages that say, yeah. Hey, um, I saw yeah. that you visited our website and right. it would be great to set up a call. How can yeah. I help you? I'm like, dude, we just hung out. Yeah. So I'm like, this is kind of annoying. Yeah. and and there's got to be a better way because there are people that are just automating messages uh, to people that they already know and are close yeah. to, and it kind of puts a bitter taste in your mouth. So just be cautious. I'm saying of like when you start jumping into automation, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, Todd. Maybe you can answer this, but maybe is there a way to you know flag you know the top 25 people that I'm closest with and do not message them as if you don't know them? Because I always get back to I I write back and I'm like, hey man, um, yeah. I actually have this person's
0: direct information, like phone number, right. So You don't yeah, have to yeah. message me with this yeah, fake yeah.
1: number. Like I know him personally. Yeah. I I've <laughs>
0: gotten those on LinkedIn when it comes, you, you know, email, like in, in an email system, hundred percent, you can easily tag people a certain way and then exclude them uh, from things. That's super easy in any of the modern stuff, active campaign, convert kid, etc whatever. Um, when it comes to the, the social media messaging automation, I can't really speak to that because I never got into it because of that. Like that doesn't feel to me the only way that i would that i ever consider using it is on a new connection to start a conversation which i would do the same way with everybody like the first message would be like hey eric thanks for connecting man like what kind of stuff are you working on now and then once you replied to that i would then pick it up personally and met, like so you know maybe i would use it to automate something that i could do that way um but i just i don't love dm automations unless of course also that you're like running a clear like Hey, welcome to the on-air brands bot. How can we help you today? You know, like if you're, you're very clear, like, you know, that it's automated and it's some yeah. kind of thing like that, but I'm not sure that you can like, you know, exclude people that you have a relationship with. And then it also adds in this whole layer of like, all right, are you going to be keeping up regularly with every morning? You're going to go in and be like, Oh, I texted with Eric yesterday. Let me make sure he doesn't get these, you know, like it seems like too much to keep up with. So I don't know to me. I'm I'm too i um, and and I'm also like heavy biased towards the like personal relationship side yeah. of things. So take whatever I say with a grain of salt on that. Like I'm there are ways you could automate and scale, but to me I just don't touch those things because uh, you know that stuff does look kind of silly. I I've gotten the automate I've gotten messages on LinkedIn from people who like you just said they reached mm-hmm. out to me. Hey I I you know I uh, see this and it's not, it seemed legit. I replied back, cool man yeah let's chat. We hop on. We talk, uh eh, this or that, nothing immediate, you know, keep in touch, whatever. And then like 30 days from the previous message, hey, Todd, I see you're interested in fill in the blank, right? Like, and I'm like, yeah. dude, like you said, like we already talked, man, like take me off this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only bit of advice that I can imagine uh, would be, I mean... <laughs> You have to be authentic, right? And that's the thing. Right. When you get these messages from people, uh, people can sniff it, right? They they, right. they can sense there's something off. And that if you're if you're parading and your content or your direct messages are parading as if you're someone when you're not, you're really the sales guy that's like you know falling underneath the right. uh, a well known name or a person that's you know got relationships. I would recommend that. So for example, if someone uh, on LinkedIn was working for me and it was a sales guy. I would recommend those messages say, hey, I work with Eric Right. and he, he's interested in chatting with you about X, Y, Z versus saying you're me or
0: saying you're oh, that yeah. person. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, definitely because, not pretending yeah. to be somebody else.
1: Because look, these are people that I know personally, and it's kind of annoying. Like I say to them, I'll message them later. I'm like, dude, your automation, you know, uh, marketing is, is is actually a little bit offensive uh, yeah. just because like I literally just hung out with you or, you know, you, you, you emailed me personally and then I'm right. getting all these messages and it's right. just distracting. And so, if it know.
0: were someone like, if I, like, if that were to happen accidentally from your account, we have such a good relationship already. Like we're obviously we're good friends. I would text you be like, yo dude, this just came through fix it or whatever. As opposed to like, what if it was a legitimate new business opportunity that that would ruin it? Like if I had what like let's say we had one 30 minute phone call and I was like, yeah, I think we got some good opportunities here. Let's, you know, let's schedule something. Let's talk again that, you know, in a week or whatever, let's keep the ball moving. And then I get like one of those, like, you know, cold, you know, tone deaf messages. Now I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if I want to do business with this guy. We already, you know, like this is this, you know, that's the vibe I'm getting here. Like that, I'm not cool with this. So, you know, it's definitely can, you know, be very detrimental. Um, So yeah, definitely make sure that you have your your strategy across the board, you you know, diversified, strategic, holistic. Like this is what I've always said, right? Like you have to have a holistic approach to building your business. You have to make sure that, you know, none of these things are siloed you know, be authentic and, you know, bring value to the world and come from a place of service. And that's how you create expansion.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, and this, this goes, this goes with, with all sort of marketing in terms of like emails or cold uh, calls or anything where, you know, text messages, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big thing, especially in real estate yeah. where it's cold. Dude, it's cold oh, mess- I got
0: to ask you about something. Yeah. And finish your thought and let me come back yeah, to the, the texting for real yeah, don't, estate.
1: Don't forget. So I get messages from all different sort of avenues. And if so, I would highly recommend if you're writing content for cold messaging, You're it's a cold outreach. That's okay. Say, Hey, I'm Jamie from XYZ company. I'm introducing myself. Okay. Those are people that don't know about the company potentially or know who you are, Jamie. That's all right. But then if Jamie is going to talk to warm to hot leads now reference someone that they you know if there's yeah. a personality within the business that has the relationships already established yeah. now this is where you say and I'm saying it again, hey, this is Jamie from XYZ company I'm friends with or I work with Todd and then now yeah there's no there, there there's no dishonesty here like right. I'm just telling you straight up like all these people who are messaging and calling and texting as if you're the person that I already know, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just keep driving this home, but it is, yeah. it is frustrating. And, and the thing is, it is, it's, it's not a cold where I am not a cold
0: lead. Right. I am or more even behind. just say like in the message too, you could even say like, I work with Eric. I'm not sure if you guys have spoken recently, yes. but I want to make sure that I reach out to you so that you're in the know. Like just say that straight that. up. That's, I love that. I love that. You know? Yeah. So like, what, what it, was yeah. your question? Um. All right. So I'm I'm not big on text message marketing. I find my text message inbox, quote unquote, to be like a sacred place where I really don't like giving out my number to people. And I have been getting cold text messages asking if I'd be interested in selling my house. Now, I have to imagine that they're spam, but... Being that I slightly have dabble in the real estate world now through you and, and some of our other friends there, mm-hmm. I have, you know, when I do the research on marketing, I do see there are some people who suggest like, do cold outreach to people to see if they want to buy their house. And like, you know, people don't answer the phone today, so you should text them. So I'm like, am I really getting a text message from like a random dude who actually wants to buy my house? Or is this like, it, I imagine has to be spam?
1: Yeah, I mean, they bought a list right these yeah. investors these investors uh bought a list yeah. and they are marketing it's all it's all cold outreach yeah. uh they don't necessarily genuinely yes they want to buy your house right. they want the opportunity they're, but they're blasting out to thousands of people Hundreds and whoever of texts back of like people whatever. depending right. yeah exactly and exactly and um you know it, it's a, it's a method it's a it's a you know you're they're going to get they get a lot of responses i'm sure to say hey you know f you or like you know, right. people get offended by that uh, especially yeah. if they don't have interest, but they're looking for that one out of a thousand that's going to say, you know what? I was thinking about, you know, what you got, you know, I'm thinking about yep. selling. So it's a numbers game when it comes to yep. cold outreach, you know, like in any business, but especially
0: right. in real estate. Yeah. 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 So, you know, a couple of key things like we talked about, we started the episode about like, you know, is the blind spot of the future going to kill your business overnight? Like when all these, when things happen and, you know, protect yourself from those by diversification, owning your audience, creating content assets that you can use for life in a a matter in a a bunch of different ways. Um, You know, make sure that you're just putting out stuff that builds a relationship with an audience so that no matter what happens to different channels, people will still want to come look for you and they'll miss you when you're gone. I think Seth Godin says that, you know, if you stopped your marketing, would anyone notice? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, other stuff is, You know, always think in the long game, right? Like practicing the short game. I'm actually, I'm putting together a a free training, you know, about, I'm calling it the digital flywheel. And it's about creating long-term sustainable success, but creating wins in the short game. And you know that there's like a a little illustration about um, income and assets, right? Where it's like, there's people who like have their income and it goes the arrow directly into your expenses and lifestyle costs. And then there's other one where it's like your income you should use to buy assets and then your earnings from your assets is where you create your lifestyle costs, right? And that's like mm-hmm. how to develop wealth or whatever. And mm-hmm. so what I'm thinking about like a similar kind of graphic where it's like, if you like just focus on like direct cold sales, short term, like, are these people going to buy it in the next day or two? No, I'm moving on. Like, and you just burn it out. Like that's the like income directly to a sale versus your marketing and branding and podcasting, creating content, building relationships with the audience, you do the work that goes into the asset. And then you have in perpetuity compound growth in your revenue and and your business. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the way that I think about things. And always just going back to principles over tactics, right? Like if you were showing up through Facebook ads by creating great content and adding value, all right, well, now the channel might change where Facebook ads aren't as profitable for you. So you have to move to you know, trying organic LinkedIn or trying, you know, Mm -hmm. moving directly to Instagram, even though some of the same parent, whatever, like trying different channels, but your principle is still the same where you still are just showing up, adding value. So the strategy and the principles are long-term. You could stick to them. Right. And um, you know, something that is, you know, the, the innovation, you know, I think the 80, 20 rule applies to everything. It's like, if you could spend 20% of your time slash 20% of your budget, even if it's a little less than that, just looking at like what's coming up next, right? Like Gary Vee, I don't know if he still talks about this. I, I don't really keep up with him on a daily basis anymore, but he used to always say like every, I don't know how often, once a week, go to the new apps and see what are the most downloaded apps this week and download them and play with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like see yeah. what's coming up next. And that keeps you, it helps you in a couple of ways. One, you know, you see where the puck is going. You'll see these trends and of what people are starting to get into. Even if 99% of them disappear quickly, you see the trend and direction. Mm -hmm. And now when something does pop off, you were kind of prepared because there was all these little baby steps in that direction. And it's Mm -hmm. it's also something I think he used to say, probably still says, but like practicing the new things, like, all right, for people who were on Vine, which was like the six second videos, right? Like, and it did blow up. It was huge. And then it just, again, rented land, like got pulled out and turned off kind of out of nowhere and almost for no reason. I mean, obviously I guess they weren't, Making enough money, but, um, but the people who got huge on Vine built up skill. Even if you didn't get huge on Vine, if you just used Vine regularly, you built up these new muscles of short form content creation. Mm -hmm. Then guess what? That's what TikTok and Instagram Reels are. So if you, you know, that's not wasted time. It's new experience and new muscles for the direction that the world and society are going in. And so. Keeping up with like, keep your eye on what could potentially be happening Mm -hmm. down the road and kind of dabble a little bit so that when the new thing blows up, you're not completely in the dark, but you've kind of, you know, you've been inching your way towards it in in hindsight, uh, you know, in the back of your mind.
1: Yeah, I mean as marketers definitely you know especially you know yeah. anybody out there who's who's created a business around digital marketing you should always be on top of these things yeah. uh, now if you're a business owner that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have the time or mm-hmm. the interest in digital marketing or different strategies and tactics surround yourself with people who are well versed right. you know yep. hang with Todd or you know message and email and have a relationship with those who are always yep. you know their fingers always on the pulse so that yep. this way they can inform you about what's about to happen, what's going yep. to occur. You know, uh, you know the Oculus thing. I could have called that. You know, I yep. I, I definitely recognize that. I bought one, the very first sort of uh, affordable <laughs> version <laughs> of it, like a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's 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 it. I mean, NFTs now to yep, me exactly makes sense. Now yep. I get it. I never yep. really fully understood NFTs until. Uh, I started thinking about it in relationship to meta and, yeah. and the virtual universe and how like you're going to be able to walk through environments where you own a piece, you own artwork in the, mm-hmm. just like when you go into a video game and, yeah. and, and you yep. buy swords and you buy right. castles and you buy whatever it is with real money, by the way, right. in a virtual world. Yep. That's what NFTs are now. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. Light bulb. So yeah.
0: that's and that's only one. I mean, I could really go off on a whole tangent because I've been really trying to study the whole NFTs and crypto thing over the last couple of weeks to get a grip yeah. and um i could go off on a on a whole thing about that and i you know people right now are so geeky on it like cuz the only people who really understand it fully are the people who are creating them exactly. like creating the technology and the problem is if if i told you in 1995 yo your business has to have a website or else you're going to go under and they're like oh what's a website and i said mm-hmm. oh a website is HTML code. So I can write bracket P bracket and then start typing words and then close bracket and then bracket image. (laughs) You'd be like, what? And I feel like that's how people are currently explaining crypto and NFTs. They're talking about like the stuff that as quote unquote end users or whatever, like it's not like, Mm. I I guess maybe we need to know. I don't know. But as opposed to saying like, if you want to have access to a membership program, Mm -hmm. Then you're gonna have to buy it via an NFT. Oh, that it's an NFT is a license or a ticket for access to things. It's a mm-hmm. digital way to do that. Oh, okay, I get it. It's not like, oh, well, on the blockchain, it creates this whole like when people start talking about that, it's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, don't, you don't really need to know that stuff. So you don't
1: need to know how the sausage is made. Yeah. It. It, 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 tell me the outcome. What's the right. purpose? And people right. aren't really clear on that. Yeah. Like you said, the creators are clear. You and know, it's they still know and, and look, there's new
0: ways coming up all the time because it is new technology. How's it going to yeah. be used and all that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so it is. But yeah, you know, um, surrounding yourself. And I'll say too, like, it's not just about marketing, but as a business owner and entrepreneur, and like the people that are listening to us and that we talk to, like, they're visionary people looking to create the future. And it's not just about like, how can you use this stuff to market, but also like, how might your business need to pivot mm. in terms of doing this, right? Like, and, yeah. you know, f- I don't know, for real estate, like, it's understanding like, all right, we're going to have to start developing VR tours yeah. of our places, right? Like, that's a very simple thing. And it's like, if you comp- if you never heard of VR before, and all of a sudden, everyone's doing VR tours, you're screwed, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, or whatever, so... Um, you know, it's not just about marketing, but it's about business and how people are interacting in the world so that you can create innovative solutions and stay ahead of the game. Mm, absolutely. Man. absolutely. So, all right. We were all over the place today, it but it was a fun discussion. Um, <laughs> and, and I think we, you know, we had some, some good value tips for everybody, but really it's, you know, add value, play the long game. Yeah. Look at the big picture. Um, you know, don't build your business on rented land, all the same Love stuff. It. We've always been talking about the sky's not falling. The principles from a thousand years ago still hold true today. And that's how we try to bring them to you in today's modern world. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the show. If you are ready to hop on and become that content creator and get on the mic, get in front of the camera, hit up Eric and his team on airbrands.com so that you can start your show and you can help him on his mission to change the world one mic at a time. And we will catch you guys on the next episode.